0: I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one. Join you want from the shop? Corn it out. Chuck It doesn't say anything about a chocolate does it? No. No, it doesn't. Sure, it doesn't. So fuck off! My 50 eggs.
1: Okay, hello, and welcome to a special end of year best of 2017 podcast. Um, all in all, a very strong year. We talked a couple of days ago about the worst films and how um, we're being a bit more selective in what we watch. Yeah, kind of. But, as
2: we get older, time is kind of becoming more precious.
1: Yeah, time is getting more. Precious.
2: So you're a bit like, do I actually want to spend two hours going to see this piece of shit? No. Yeah. And we're much more in tune to like, which maybe is a bad thing of like, what we probably will like and won't like. So. Yeah.
1: And a huge amount. And this came through in the worst one. Um, backward... But, sorry, back referencing to what a director has already done is now becoming the more and more thing like the we're in an era of like auteur directors where you're just kind of interested in film simply because the director does it. And there's a couple of those themes that kind of shine through Um, what we what we're going to do, we both have a, a top 10 of our individual top 10s of the year. Um we don't know what it is, either. list is... Yep. So there's a bit of a secret reveal. Um, and we've done this the last couple of years, and it's kind of a bit of fun. We are just going to shout out the names of last year's top ten as a quick um, go-through, just to get us in the mood for thinking about what... For lists. Yeah, to, so as we can do... So this is... And this is fun for me as well, because I haven't looked at this until today, um, which, which is great. Um, so... We've got... Here's my top ten. I'm going to kick off with me. So, ten. Mustang. Turkish film. Remember that? That was great, Pete's yeah. Pete's Dragon, directed Still by David Lowery. haven't Larry, seen it. Who did a ghost story this year. Yep. The Revenant. Like, what a movie. I'd be putting that up near the top. Yeah. Little Men. Drama that no one really talked about and I haven't thought about much since. Arrival. Boo. The Witch. Yeah, very good. Julieta. Pedro Monbo. Oh, yeah. I, Daniel Blake. <laughs> Patterson, oh yeah, and everybody wants him. Very so a very director-heavy year for me last year, um, mm. with Pedro Almodovar, Ken Loach, Jim Jarmusch, and Richard Linklater as my top four. Uh, your top ten, no, no, no right, okay, is here we go. So,
2: oh, number oh. ten, yeah, the H. Relay is quite controversial for some people, but I loved it. Number nine, thirteenth, kind of about the. Civil rights, American law, kind of, yeah. Eight, I had Mustang there as well. Very good. Seven, A Date from Ad Mary. Love the Irish. Uh, Six, Embrace the Serpent. That was fantastic. Have you seen that yet? Yet to see it. Yeah, I haven't. Watch that over Christmas. You know, you'll be pretty, you'll have loads of time. It'll be great. Number five, The Revenant as well. Uh, Number four, Patterson. Oh, Adam Driver. Oh, number three, Sing Street. Yeah, big favourite. Oh, number two, The Light Between Oceans god i forgot about that love that yeah a number one uh midnight special
1: yeah so fun to kind of review <laughs> that um so that's where we're that's where we're at so anyway i suppose do you want to did you, do you have any that didn't make your list that you Or we we might do that in then we could do that the end. yeah we'll do that in the accompanying article but uh we're just going to kick off with our top top right start movie Sure, give me a
2: 10. Uh, so number 10, if you listen to our November, November uh, podcast, uh, you would have heard us talk about this. It kind of came in as a as a late edition for me, obviously, because it's late in the year. A Good Time is number 10 for me. Uh, something about it just stuck. Uh, fantastic Music by... Um, uh, I can't remember. I'm sorry. You're gonna have to go. It. Uh, fantastic music soundtrack in it. A uh, great performance by Robert Pattinson. I always. I think he kind of gets a hard time just because he did some Twilight movies, which incidentally are quite good. Um, very original film. gritty, totally believable. Even though there's some wee daft moments in it, but like I've seen it about a, m- a month ago now, and it's still kind of sticking with me. And certain scenes in it. Um, there's issues around mental health in it that kind of always hit home to certain degrees and brotherly relationships in it. So that's kind of what sticks out for me with that.
1: Okay. So a very different movie that I have. And also a very recent one. I really struggled with this um, as my number 10 spot. So it was kind of a three-way tie, but I know you don't let me have a three-way tie. So the three-way tie was Paddington 2, My Life as a Courgette and The Red Turtle. Oh, okay. So Yeah, didn't see The Red Turtle. But I'm going for paddington too very good um paul King's a director it's a follow-up obviously to a much-loved film from two years ago i kind of thought it was going to be a bit of a cash-in um but it's actually got a hell of a lot of heart and soul um it when i what i guess what i think most about when I, you come to the end of the year what i'm not thinking about is a film that kind of you know was the smartest the most technically um brilliant or the most uh socially conscious film. It's actually how you feel at the end of it. Like, mm. Isn't that more than anything? So yeah. with this, I saw this with my younger sister. we had a nice like, you know, just you're a trying to tell me
2: it. after thirty two years you're actually developing I emotions. I have a
1: heart I have a heart. Yeah we we're also there with occasional listener Louise Bruton there as well and it was just yeah it was just a lovely evening and the film has gone on to make quite a bit of money and I'm delighted about that. And everyone in it is brilliant. And if you haven't seen it yet, do it. And the other two films, My Life as a Courgette and The Red Turtle, both. Like, these aren't even children's films. But, like, in terms of, mm. maybe that's kind of my nod to, yeah. to, to to it. So, okay. Okay. On to your number nine.
2: Uh, number nine for me is a horror out of the left field, to a degree. The only other person I know who's... You might have seen this. I can't remember. I definitely know old producer Colin definitely saw it i made him go and see it uh it's called the eyes of my mother did you see it no, no it's i know about it yeah you told it's me it's a fantastic <laughs> film you can't really recommend like i couldn't there's about three people i could recommend it to because if i said it to maybe people at work or people who half knew me they would go and see it and then probably report me to the guards or like never talk to me again uh, really really extreme film amazing cinematography in it when we talked about it it was one of my scenes at the moment when so basically uh, a woman's mother is killed quite brutally the father and the daughter then go and catch the perpetrator and torture him and then it kind of starts off this whole cycle of torture and abuse with the family that continues and shot beautifully comes together really well in the end and um, would highly recommend catching it it might actually be on netflix at the moment i could be wrong on that but um the eyes of my Mother number nine. And the only horror on the list for me.
1: Interesting.
2: I was going to have The Handmaiden, but no. no.
1: Apart from Paddington 2, which is a horror in its own way. Um, mm-hmm. This next film, not a horror, but like a weirdly, dramatically challenging film, we'll put it that way. Uh, Lady Macbeth. Is it on yours? Yes. Ah, okay. So you, you'll get a chance to talk about this in a few minutes. Um, Do you have a clip from it? No. Um...
2: And no, I don't. We
1: won't. Okay, no, I don't I don't have one either, just kinda of queuing this up. It's very challenging. Yeah. Um but anyway, Revenge is a dish, best served, cold. This film left me very cold. I felt a bit sick, a bit like kinda of like oh like you're you're really, really uncomfortable watching it. Um bit of the I was thinking a little bit about Andrea Arnold's Wuthering Heights adaptation from a couple of years ago, that kind of era. And also I saw in my head I saw my cousin Rachel the starring Rachel Wise um a week before this or a week after but it's both of that kind of gothic 19th century era this is probably older than that is it I don't know but um, it to me it was just really really good as you're weighing up kind of the motives of a, of a woman at an, in an era when women weren't meant to have any motives and she um, yeah I don't know It's even now I'm kind of thinking back on it and thinking about how the plot played out and there's a couple of scenes with cliffs and everything mm. so if anyone hasn't seen Lady Marquette
2: Catch it, uh, number eight. You mentioned it already. Uh, it's my life as a courgette or a zucchini, depending if, if you're, you're an American. American. Yeah, yeah. Uh, directed by Claude Barnes or Barris. Um, so yeah, really lovely film uh, about a kid who ends up in a foster home and. Stop.
1: Stop motion animation. Mm. With quite unusual character models and stuff.
2: Yeah, and he kind of comes to. You find out all the story of all the other kids in the foster home, and it's really sad. And like, some of them have been abused and been treated really bad. But it's a lovely story, kind of about friendship. It's super short. It's only an hour and six minutes. Um, sure, it's an animation and stuff. And it, uh, kids of a certain age could watch it because, like, you have to give kids more credit than they're given sometimes and i think this film illustrates that that they are forced to deal with these quite adult themes and it is a there's a, a bittersweet ending in it you know it has that great thing where you think the bad guy actually then turns out to be actually he's lovely and a really sweet person so my life as a courgette
1: number eight for me. aka my life is a zucchini if you're watching it in america or if you're trying to find it on the internet um <laughs> So here is a clip from my number eight. Just see if you can kind of guess it. This is one of the most pleasant surprises of the year. I don't know how you got me here, but uh. Thank you.
0: De nada. Yeah. You can talk? You can talk. the fuck? why the fuck? What, what's all this bullshit been for the last 2,000 fucking miles? De nada.
1: Cry, who's that? Who's that?
2: Jonah, Who is that?
1: So needless to say, we know that voice, that's Hugh Jackman, as Logan talking with Laura. So this was a funny one because I guess didn't get much promotion. We got one trailer very powerfully edited with um I think Johnny Cash music and everything in it. And yeah, it's the end of it's the death of of one of the most loved characters spoiler. in pop culture from the last twenty years. No, but like the first. Well, sorry, it is a spoiler if you haven't <laughs> seen it. God, um, but we've had Wolverine in is it ten movies? Nine oh, movies? could be. But there's the three X Men. X Men was like two, re-launch the relaunch of like, and like then Logan, yeah. then his two standalone. I think it's nine, and then he's had cameos in two maybe yeah. eleven movies he's appeared in. Um, and is
2: he going to appear in Deathpool too? I deadpool. deadpool. I I
1: d I don't think he could. Okay. It would make no narrative sense other than just as a bit of a joke, like yeah. from the last one. But um anyway, from Tr- I think this came out in the summer after Transition Year, maybe, like the year two thousand, the first Wolverine film, um uh, they the first X Men film. And uh Yeah.
2: It's great. It's it's really unexpected, great heart, really black, uh bad language in it, and proper violence we are just like, oh Jesus. Yeah. So it kinda is gives you courage from Deadpool 1 where it's just like, oh yeah, adults actually like comic book movies and it can be 18s and full of violence and gore because that's what the comic books are like. Yeah. Even though kids read them and stuff, you know, you can't do an adult film. So hopefully there's more of it in the future.
1: Yeah. And Fox seem to know what they're doing with their superhero properties mm. more than... Some of the other ones So Uh, yeah On to you
2: Number seven for me Is where Lady Macbeth comes in Um, Yeah so Just what you said Really powerful scenes um, Lovely cinematography And there's a great scene Where she's kind of dressed In her ridiculous uh, Corset Just sitting on the couch Yeah And then she kind of like Falls asleep Because she's in the countryside And she doesn't know what to do Her husband That she's been forced to marry Disappears loads of the time and she's just left by herself. Starts up an affair with the stable boy, um, gets super dark really quick, but it's so compelling. And you're just like, oh, you're a fantastic character. Yeah,
1: Florence um, Pugh, I think that's her name. I've never yeah, seen her Florence Pugh.
2: And Cosmo Jarvis plays the other guy. And it's based on a novel by Nikolai Leskov. Um so yeah, very powerful film, well worth catching.
1: Mm. Here's one that. I have no idea if you have seen or not. Um, this is say, your number seven? This is my number seven. The Salesman. Do you see that drama? No. So it came out in the spring. It's from the guy who directed The Separation and The Past, um, Asghar Farhadi, Iranian director. So I think it's probably the outlier in my kind of top ten. As Fartin. Yeah, because it's fatten. Um But it has really, really brilliant sense of moral conflict. It's based around death of a salesman. Uh, there's... As a teacher and his wife are both participating in production of it and then there becomes this sort of very challenging thing the woman is at home and she's t- attacked and he has to kind of start to process that and work out how to deal with that without seeking retribution and then he finds out and he has this whole big moral thing and um yeah it's forced forced me to always lock the door now because someone can just end up in your house. Okay, <laughs> right, well. But fantastic drama and the weight of Death of a Salesman kind of in the background hanging over it is really really good. Do so, you study that for the leaving? Um, no, but I saw it Saw it in a, in, in a production. Yeah. For some reason it's it's in my mind. Mm. Do you see it? Uh,
2: yeah, oh yeah, I think we studied it for the leaving, that was our play. Yeah.
1: Anyway, The Salesman.
2: So speaking of Death of a Salesman, in uh, at number six, uh, is The Death of Stalin for me another quite recent film only came out a month or two ago uh, have a wee clip here from it just kind of sets up the, the tone of the film
0: move, move 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 excuse me thank you I have it I have it I have the recording just had to get a a new sleeve um, a white one the delay has been lost. I wish to convey a special message from my heart I wish to convey this recording to Comrade Stalin I want to- Comrade Stalin, to know the full intensity of my feelings for him. No, this is unauthorized narcissism. No. The item is now in my possession, after a significant delay. Note the time.
2: So yeah, directed by uh, Armando Iannucci and um, stars Simon Russell Beale, Michael Palin, Jason Isaacs, uh, Jeffrey Tambor. I don't know what we like to talk about him anymore. Now
1: he is. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, so anyway. Jeffrey Tambor, he stars in the Amazon Prime series, Transparent, and then was sort of pointed at as a, a perpetrator of some...
2: Sexual harassment, abuse. Yeah, sort of minor
1: it. sexual harassment mm. in the grand scale of things, but still, yeah. So
2: anyway, the Death of Stalin, um, I thought it was a fantastically black satire. Some people were kind of given out uh, about the tone where it's like, oh, it's a bit too like funny and then brutal, but you're like, that's life, you know? Um, <laughs> that that's really knobbish, but it is and that's what makes it sit home for me because you're like here is the absolute insanity of what happens when like there's a power grab that tries to go on
1: and we're li- we're li- like this pretty hilarious scenes that are going over on over the last couple of weeks both in america and in england over like you know this sort of stuff has not changed yeah.
2: you couldn't like this uh oh, couldn't write it but i i thought it was fantastic it's hilarious very very dark um what is up there for me with like uh Dr. Strangelove, I think I said that when I was doing talking the, over the review about it. So, yeah, really good. Should might be out on DVD over Christmas, you know, one to watch.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, for me, my next film is... Can you guess? Some sci-fi film? It's Dunkirk. Oh, oh that Dunkirk. Was a, that was Tom Hardy in a plane. Um saw this when on holidays in America, when everyone else was talking about seventy millimeter and all this kinda blah blah blah. It came out like a week and a half later in America. So I saw this after everyone. Um it had very high uh I guess um things to kind of reach in order to be to, to be the film that I wanted it to be. And yeah, it's sort of a film. Unlike anything else I've seen this year in terms of just pure physical kind of cinema and the way it's done. There's a bit of a plot, and the way the timeline is done is relatively in, like innovative, but it's more about. I like, could happily watch it chronologically. It's just how it's actually made, the production that kind of blew my mind. Um, mm. I think so. Yeah. Um, Christopher Nolan, um, he's back in the good books, I think.
2: Okay. So. Yeah. No big twists. He couldn't do any big twists. He tried to fuck around with it with yeah. the timeline. That's where he got his like. That's where he got. Here's my. my oh. thing.
1: Yeah. And Barry Johan, the Irish actor, is in there as well. Um, and, K- and Kilzo. Uh, Kilzo, Killian Murphy. <laughs> Killian Murphy. Yeah, kill
2: Uh Yeah, that was your number
1: six.
2: Uh, that was my six. Yeah, so number five, keeping it Irish. Uh, the Farthest, uh, directed by Eamor Reynolds. Um, about the Voyager kind of mission, sending out a probe into uh, our universe to see different planets and was kind of the first endeavour to kind of go as far as we could and the film's lovely in the kind of parallel well we have if we talk to the astronauts and the engineers and scientists who got it up there marred with or and then side by side with the they compiled uh, a golden record and you had so much space on it so it was like what are we going to put this because if it ever gets discovered this is what we want to represent humanity so it had all these different versions yeah They'll have all these different versions of hello. There's a lovely anecdote where they went to the Beatles to be like, "Can we have a song?" And they're like, "No, we don't license our." But like, no one's gonna hear it. It's gonna be in outer space. No, sorry, we don't. So then they went, with... which
1: I doubt that actually. When you think about the date, is what mid seventies, where they weren't probably talking to one another. So Yeah, it was, it was an or
2: maybe it never even got to like Paul, John, yeah, or Paul. I
1: like to think that.
2: Yeah, uh, so or they went maybe with they hate space Chuck Berry's uh, Johnny B. Johnny B. Good. B. Good, which is equally yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So. This is an incredibly emotional film for me. Like I think I cried twice when I was watching it because it's a bit of a mindfuck where it just really places you that you are this tiny speck of dust in this... Scale becomes... Yeah. yeah, It's insane and it's really affecting. Um, Definitely one to watch.
1: Yeah. And you have given over your life to science in a nice kind of way, but this amplifies that and reminds us of the importance and... You see in America how funding for environmental and science stuff keeps getting cut, and because they're the leaders, and so much of this work, it does leave you kind of worried about where we're going to go, and we just need, yeah, we need that. out uh, will so
2: it could be Elon Musk to get us up to yeah, Mars, I exactly. Think. But that's
1: where you're kind of thinking. You're sort of like, are we actually screwed? Like it did. No other film will leave you with that. Yeah, not even philosophy. More like. I don't know, the sense of being an and just gives you a and how perspective. people have evolved, yeah.
2: And in a very real, it's not like a wishy-washy, fantastic Terrence Malick film. It's a very grounded in, like, here is, mm. you know, we tried to do, we did this, we planned it, we did it, here it is. It's mind-boggling.
1: So that's your five. Number five. So my five um, is a film that a lot of people are going to be like, oh, yeah but because of someone who's in it as a bad guy, and he says the word baby, and it's Kevin Spacey, and it's Baby Driver. So this, because everyone's like, oh, Kevin Spacey isn't even doing much. In. He's really good in this. Yeah, and he is quite good in this, yeah. devastating to look back on clips. I'm not ready to watch again, but in terms of, I go back to what I started with at the, at the film, in terms of how I felt at the end of this, um, this exhilarating cinema, it plays with a lot of the like kind of tropes of of action cinema and um, car chase films and American cinema and stuff. And it, it was really, I really, really loved it. And Edgar really Wright, fun. he... It's great to see him making a film again where you're just like, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And Ansel so sort sort of, I have a little clip here. Um, we can forget about the Kevin Spacey bit because at the heart of it is actually a really, really, really cute, beautiful love story. And um, here's a little bit of that.
0: So you just starting your day or did you just get
1: off? Oh, I don't know if
0: I ever get off. They call, I go, you know.
1: So what is it you do? I'm a driver. Oh, like a, like a chauffeur? You drive around important people? I guess I do. Anyone I'd know? I hope not. Well, aren't you mysterious?
2: Maybe. <laughs> Maybe? Uh, so my number four was your number 10. Uh, Paddington, too. Oh! Yeah, it comes up really high for me. This was a
1: shocker of the
2: the list. This was a perfect film for me. It was just, there was absolutely like nothing wrong with it. Couldn't fault it. Uh, Lovely film. It's going to become a, like it's an instant classic. And I think it's going to become a classic in years. It's as good as the first one. Is
1: it better than the first one? I can't
2: really. It's it's as good, certainly. Yeah. And might be better. It's, and they're kind of set, like there's snow and stuff. So I think it is kind of going to become a Christmas film. Um, fantastic character, Ben Whishaw is amazing as the voice Paddington, Hugh Grant's fantastic. Um, all uh, Sally Hawkins is brilliant in it. Loads, just all the now characters. The they're all good. Really, really good. Uh, great family fun. You, like it's rare you come out of a film feeling great and just like warm and fuzzy inside. So absolutely loved it. Um, have a wee clip of it just to kind of show some of the humour
1: in it. Um, excuse me, Mr. Knuckles. Yes? I just wondered if I could have a quick word about the food.
0: Send a medic to the canteen. You want to... complain? Oh, no, I I wouldn't say complain. Oh, that's a shame. Because I just love it when people complain. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, in that case, it's very gritty. Oh. And lumpy. And as for the bread, need I say more I think we need to completely overhaul the menu now I know we're working to a tight budget but we could at least add some sauce
1: oh sorry about that I'll just ah uh... oh, I feel lovely now um a film that had an impact on me in a very different way uh, but it's Blade Runner 2049 okay. made it into the top yeah. 10 Um, again I had no great love. I was kinda of looking back on what how this kind of ranked and how I ranked the other one. Watched the original before, realize um it is a flawed film, the first film. Um a bit rapey. Yeah, a little bit. And just also flawed in its structure and like bits like that. But uh this was just as an experience in terms of seeing in cinema. There's no I know I've dunkirk in there probably for the same reason that like you kind of seem to overlook certain plot things when the spectacle and the scale and the dramatic kind of set pieces. Are, it's one of the few films there. this year that I saw twice. Yeah, mm. and that's not necessarily a, an endorsement of it. No, but of it, it says enough, but just, something. It definitely says something. So um, I think there's probably a few plot holes in it, but each of them I'm able to kind of explain away as a reason why, why they existed or why it have got a lot of kind of gender chat about it as well, but anyway we'll see maybe it's in your list we shall see um, will I do my what are we going to do here my three or your three uh, I don't mind I can keep going with my number three
2: go ahead uh, my number three is Love uh, Love
1: <laughs> that's this year
2: yeah that is this year wow so it's director Jeff Nichols uh, stars Nega and Joe who you directed your number one film last year Midnight yep. Special lest yep.
1: we forget
2: so so uh, it stars Ruth Negga and Joel Egerton, and it's about the first kind of interracial couple in America who got married when it was still a crime. And, yeah, fantastic film. Really subtle, kind of beautiful performances by the two mains. Really nice film, especially from Joel Egerton, who just kind of is... You kind of get the impression that he isn't... A, like, you know, I'm trying to say this nice the where he might be a bit... More hands-on, physical. He's maybe not too like book smart.
1: Yeah, well, that's a, that's a, how he kind of plays himself. <clears throat> as yeah, well, isn't it? As a
2: but, it's just like so. Just like no, I want to do this. I got married. This is my wife, and we want to spend our life together. And Ray's really lovely s- story of two people who want to spend the rest of their life together and are kind of face this insurmountable thing and. What a massive case it was for America and
1: Yeah. And it also puts it into perspective how we don't really
2: have any challenges. <laughs> oh
1: yeah. In our life. We're like middle class white people, yeah. you know, who speak English were grand. Yeah. So a film from a really similar a couple of years after only, um, is my number three, and that is Detroit. So here's from film that I am a bit confused by. This doesn't seem to be in any end of year conversation any end of year kind it's of because it was directed stuff, by
2: a woman and it's about black people
1: i think that might be it i think you've nailed it so catherine bigelow and mark bowl are one of my favorite combos they did work together as director and writer on zero dark 30 the hurt locker um and now this and um it's about uh it's about Riot. 1967 is it mm. the detroit riots. so um <laughs> it just impacted me like i was like that film's actually Absolutely perfect. I'm trying to work out the other guy who Jack Rayner and oh, I can't remember the other guy. But Yeah, it's a really
2: horrible film to watch. Like you feel so uncomfortable, like we almost feel sick to your stomach. And it does that kind of like, oh, you know, it's so grim to,
1: to watch. Yeah. But Will Poulter, there we yeah, go. Yeah. Sorry. Um, And then John Boyega plays the most honorable kind of cop in it. The only honorable kind of person. And he he's their kind of representative of a very difficult thing, like if you're a black person who is trying to live your life as a white person in a way, and you're yeah, or you are to be turning your back in your community. you're not Black
2: Panther type. Yeah, because
1: you're, like, you're trying to keep the peace in the society. But I just that tension of being in the house um, as the sort of shootout hold up thing is going on. I didn't I remember at the end thinking that's just pure cinema. Like that's a real that's a, the sort of experiences we have. It's um, probably good cinema for. OK, so my number two. Hmm dun dun dun
2: is uh, another very early film from the year uh manchester by the sea
1: ah ding 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 i had that down as for secret number one have i mentioned the secret number one yet no so i that's what i thought your number one was so now i have no idea yeah so manchester by the
2: sea is my number two uh absolutely floored me stars casey affleck michelle williams casey affleck won the actor gong for this year's oscar stole it out of uh Denzel's hands. Um well Brie
1: Larson was like
2: reluctantly <laughs> handing it <laughs> yeah. over to either, right? Kyle uh, Challenger is kidnapped and is started by Ken Lonergan. Um fantastic film about a family just kind of trying to cope with death and penance and
1: you know He's brilliant in it, and it was really challenging to um to see all the kind of talk that's sort of permeated around it because of the abuse allegations against him. At the start of the year when Yeah. When that was that the early was days. College that, yeah. Not that it was dealt with, but that it... Um, yeah, that would, that sort of kicked off this year. That was a horrible year of Hollywood imploding. But
2: yeah, phenomenal film. Um, I'm kind I, of intrigued by, just as an aside, this Oscars is going to be insane because Harvey Weinstein isn't there sleezing it up and putting mm. this whole power thing. So I'm like, could this be a real bonkers year for like... Well,
1: a lot of the films, if you look at the stuff that's getting the talk, is stuff that... That has already been out for ages, and like films that we've possibly talked about already. Um, so it's not like we're just waiting on a dump of these normal studio things to just fall. Yeah. Um, we haven't seen Lady Bird yet. Greta weeks. No. Um, yeah. Apparently, the greatest movie of all time, according to Rotten Tomatoes, which is insane. Saoirse Ronan mm. had it. So looking forward to seeing that. Um, but yeah, I very yeah. much agree with you on Manchester by the Sea. I for some reason I left it. Um, I don't know what your number one is now. But It, Moonlight and La La Land are not in my top ten. It's like, they just kind of feel like films from the first week of January. And I always have this it's problem. always that tough thing, yeah. So Manchester by the Sea would be, of those three, Um, I would have it in there, like, pushing. But then I'd have to get rid of Paddington. It'd be very hard. Mm. Yeah, I prefer, I loved it compared to a lot of the some of the other films here. So, I don't know. My number two. Uh, have you seen this, Call Me By Your Name? No? No. So this is a big... So this is um, Funs in Cinema Now. Uh, getting a huge amount of, uh, well, it's been out a couple of weeks at this point. Getting a lot of people talking about it for the performance um, of uh, Tim Timothy Ch- Chalamet as uh, Elio. So this from the director uh, Luca Guadagnino, who did um, a film a couple of years ago starring Tilda Swinton, who um, and the film The I Am Love. So from two thousand nine, which I don't. know did that cross your radar either but anyway this is a a film that so did you read this week's film thing in the new yorker richard brody just said it was a terrible film and wrote this big analysis of how it was at the worst film
2: i saw it and didn't want to click in it because i hadn't seen the film yet so i'm like but i was like oh but it's richard is my go-to guy no i know that
1: so it's it's number three i think on the sight and sound list and did you read it richard i read it this afternoon like i saw the movie a couple weeks ago and i had my list made two days ago. Mm. Sight and Sound have published their list uh, when we we're just recording this. There's lots of other lists. Call Me By Your Name is in there. I've since then read a few other people whose opinions I really respect who kind of ripped the film apart. It's a gay love story about a um, teenage boy in um, 1980s, an Italian... Um, his dad is played by Michael Stuhlberg and he's a sort of liberal professor. They invite a character played by Army Hammer into... Uh, into the home to spend the summer with them when they're studying, and this thing and this love story then kind of blossoms. And uh, it's filmed with the music by Sufjan Stevens in it that I was raving about there a couple of weeks ago. Lovely. So it was always going to win me over, like it, yeah, you know, yeah. He's he's my man. No, so I'll definitely check it out. I'll try to see it for the new year. Yeah, it has it has divided people though, like as in. But then I have this thing of when there's a teenage when you're kind of 15 16 17 you don't have a conversation about why you're infatuated with someone or why you just allow yourself to become obsessed with someone and then you don't and so that's i think a certain amount of criticism is that there's no depth to their relationship but i'm like i can kind of that's how a lot of these things evolve and superficial partnerships that kind of just happen so yeah um call me by your name and it's uh it's absolutely brilliant yeah i think
2: Okay, so you had Manchester by the Sea as my number one.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to now move and say Moonlight? No.
2: You've seen the film, but I don't think you're going to guess it. Is it...
1: So, is it Mother? No. Okay. No, I don't know. Marty. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Out of nowhere, mm. Maudie. Okay, yeah, so it was a toss up between Maudie and Holidays as well, <laughs>
2: yeah, and Manchester by the Sea. Uh, it's so, just because
1: they're alphabetical, you know, you could have done, you know, yeah, Mad Men.
2: So, Maudie kind of pipped it, and uh, it's about Maud Lewis, a kind of folk artist, uh, played by Sally Hawkins, and <laughs> Ethan Hawke plays <laughs> Everett Lewis, and it's directed by Ashlyn Walsh, an Irish director.
1: Uh, Two Irish female directors in your top ten, yeah supporting the because the fire this, that's great
2: yeah so fantastic film loved it really had a huge kind of emotional effect on me really sad and poignant and like you were saying I think you I don't know if you said it about Paddington 2 or something like it's the emotion you want to come out feeling. yeah that's you're what feeling put, like yeah. that so meant something this yeah. and like that's always kind of my go-to thing so Manchester by the Sea did that for me Maudie did it kind of as well and yeah, just and loving. Yeah, you're a big sap. I'm big sap. <laughs> so yeah, that was kind of my my number one. Go check it out. Um, it might be in I don't DVD now. I you would can say find so. It in on some different on-demand or Volta or stuff like that. Yeah. So, and I hope it's kind of it came out a while ago. So I'm kind of not worried, but it might get lost in the Oscars. But I would hope Sally Hawkins would get odd or Ethan Hawke or,
1: Yeah, she's in um the conversation. Yeah, the the shape of, is it the shape of water? Is that the Oh, okay? So that like she's in there, but it'll become one of those um, yeah. things where everyone will be like, "Oh, well, it was in there for the wrong film." It's a very unique performance. Like it's very physical um, artist, which, which not of, very good artist. That's the question. I with kind Maudie. of think there's something to it. Yeah, but it's um, what is good? What is good? I don't really know. So that's very interesting. So that was your number one film of the year. So any ideas what? About- uh, you when you thought what my number one was, I uh, I was
2: like I had thought because you haven't mentioned it and I was like I, I don't know if you liked the film or hated it, but I'm gonna say Mother is your number one film no, there. Uh,
1: it was outside of the top ten. I was gonna put it there as a film that impacted me greatly. So your
2: number one was it an earlier?
1: Yeah. It's kind of one that may have escaped some conversation. But it's it's in lots of other lists. Okay. Get out. Oh wow! Really? Get out of here. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Again, so there were three films, and it is the three that I've mentioned that I think I gave um, the five stars to. Yeah. yeah, I think so. And even I don't know, what to, but they're the three that I'd kind of hang my hat on, mm. and that's uh, Get Out, Call Me by Your Name, and Detroit. Everything else beyond that, I'd see kind of some flaws with. Um, so this is Jordan Peele's uh, story of yeah, it's in the Golden Globes comedy or musical. It is a story about race. And a horror story about how some, I don't know, I actually don't even, everyone's probably seen it at this point. But. Yeah, and it's
2: a tough one to talk about sometimes because you're kind of like, it's a film about how white people hate black people. There's like massive racial tension between them and that it's not okay and it's not going to get resolved, yeah. which is a weird, and but it's like, yeah. okay, fair enough, you know. And, so, and who better to make that than like a, a black, black man, maker. you yeah. know.
1: And so there's stuff about police brutality, there's stuff about white Um, white supremacist stuff which then evolved into a whole other thing yeah Um, to me
2: like I really enjoyed it didn't think it was amazing it was like a really good episode of the Twilight Zone or something I thought Um, but definitely very good and it kind of borrowed from the Scarlett Johansson under the skin I thought with certain elements yeah Uh, Yeah. just
1: the hypnosis like whenever I see someone like stirring a teacup and I'm like ah. yeah so um, I'll watch it again over Christmas I hope so that's the number one I think Call Me By Your Name Maybe I need to swap. No, I'm going to stick with my gut. Stick with it. my yeah.
2: Did not see that coming. So there yeah. we go. Both surprised. That's good that we can still surprise each other after all these ah, years. Yours
1: are always a bit mental. Maudie.
2: <laughs> says me. Says you get, get out, out was nowhere in your list. So nowhere.
1: Anyway, we'll have all this this uh, more stuff written up and all Picture this forms. on the website. So yeah, that was uh, 2017. Happy so Christmas. Yeah. And what will we finish up with? Will we finish up with.
2: Oh, here's a clip from. I don't know what's your clip again well Out? the clip
1: the music I'd actually just like to finish with is a lovely song from Call Me By Your Name but it's Sufjan Stevens
2: okay so we'll have a clip because uh, I have a lovely clip from Maudie so we'll yeah, so have that and then, and then some, then music. With some yeah.
1: music from my number two uh, film alright so do you want to intro the clip uh,
2: yeah it's just Maudie and uh, Everett having a chat uh, of why they love each other and just kind of the relationship between the two of them so yeah
1: beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. alright season 2018
0: Hey. You see that cloud? That one? Kind of looks like a woman with a big arse. Falled <laughs> <laughs> on one side of the head. I see. You see She's looking right at you. I don't see her. Mm-mm. I see you. What do you see? I see you as my wife. I always have. I just... I don't want you to leave me. Do that. Because you can do much better than me. No. I got. I got everything I want with you, Ev. Take one.